Inside Sports Dead in Gold podcast for another week. This is number 39, mate. Oh, wow. 39. Yeah. You, you're enjoying the, this count up, aren't you? I, I am. I actually am. We, we need to uh, make sure that we reach at least 50 before, we, <laughs> before we're number one on iTunes. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, that'll be a milestone. <laughs> yeah. I talk about raising the bat, but that's kind of, yeah, not right in this, uh, in this context. That's not what we're doing. It is a, it's just... Bit of a random chat about footy every week. And to pass the time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Make us, make us look busy. <laughs> um, welcome to the show. I'm James Smith, and this man next to me is Jeff Centenera. Hey, I man. am. I am still. You're still here? Yeah. Yes. Um, two weeks into the season, uh, what are your general thoughts of, about how stuff's going? Well, you know, my tipping's ruined yeah, so already, which yeah. Yeah, I think is uh, yeah, something we'll, uh, you know... It kind of is probably kind of less injurious to me than to you because uh, you know the listeners should know that James is the reigning tipping king of this of this of this yeah. office. So you know, and he's got he's got a lot of pride kind of yeah. in that because he's the resident rugby league brain. <laughs> the pressure, so, yeah, the, the pressure is on. Yeah. So you know, I think I think this state of unpredictability that uh, we find ourselves in is yeah is quite quite distressing. Uh-huh. But um, you know, yeah. that's that's the league, and that's the wonderful thing about the league <laughs> that it's. Uh, yeah, that it is. It isn't predictable. So, yeah, 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 very much so. Um, so this is our Immortals edition. The Immortals it? edition. Yeah, seeing as that they were massive. The, Highland, the Highlander edition. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Only one. To kill it, you've got to cut its head off. <laughs> you can never kill rugby league. Roy Masters said that. Mm. Roy Masters Not says, even by cutting its head off. Roy Masters says rugby league is the cockroach of sport. Yeah. It yeah. can never be killed. I've heard that description before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've lost my train of thought. What, what, what am I doing? Oh, yeah. The um, rundown of the show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're going to do the usual most most league thing we did this week. Then we're going to run uh, run over what we're most looking forward to this weekend for uh, NRL round three. And then we're going to have a bit of a yarn about the, uh, the new Immortals set up, mm-hmm. um, which a discussion that will include your responses and... Uh, once again, you've come through with flying colours. Great response again this week. All the big- I, I keep on saying this, so it sounds disingenuous, but uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you guys, yeah, yeah, uh, you, we do this show only about as well as as you can help us, yeah, yeah. <laughs> us do it. So well, yeah, we can't pull it off otherwise, can we? Well, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, yeah, we'll start going down weird sort of paths of. Uh, Weird theories that we both have. Yeah, um, we're going to have to start inviting our uh, British colleagues into the into the yeah. pod and have them just say random stuff that you know we'll, we'll have to talk about. <laughs> none, none of which the blokes at work know know nothing about rugby league, do they? And they're from Northern England, are they? Yeah. yeah. Well, kind of the Midlands, yeah, a bit Midlands. different. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, so, most rugby league thing we did this week. You want me to go first? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so. Uh, um, went out to the South Panthers game on the weekend. So hot out there. It was about 36, 37. And um, after, after the game, what, like towards the end of the game, there's, there's an announcement that says, you know, at, at the conclusion of the match, there's going to be a siren that goes off. Everybody knows that. That's a full-time siren. And then, <laughs> and then there's going to be another siren that goes off. And that's the... The air raid siren. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the look out, they're coming siren. Now, the second one is um, an indication that kids are allowed to run onto the playing surface after the game. Yeah, um, So, anyway, we're making our way out of the ground and... Oh, I thought the next part of the story was you heard the siren, you heard the second siren, and then you ran out into the field with all the kids. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no, okay. No. <laughs> I, damn it, I should have. I'm a little bit too old, though, I think. Um, so, re- who's to say you can define what kid is? Oh no, no anyone can go on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously they're, they're encouraged to go on and you know r- run on the same bit of grass that Regan Campbell Gillard did, and kick kick a drop goal from the same spot as Nathan Cleary did. <laughs> this is all good stuff. Did you not have a child, or like, did you not have any of these memories? Yeah, I spent it on a farm, not uh, one, running on my own grass, and not <laughs> aspiring to run onto the grass that belonged to other people. Oh, you know, cool. that belonged to footballers, I guess. Well, but, you know, it's it's stuff of dreams, mate. Stuff of dreams. Actually, and, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I I think so there's. Cool. I think one of the things that, uh, the, I think it's a wonderful element, kind of, yeah. of our sport that um, that. Uh, 
Yeah, as uh, as kind of as venerable as some of our grounds are, I mean, a lot of people do kind of have you know the, the ability. I, I, this occurred to me when we were at that promotional thing. I think was it for the baseball a couple of years ago, and we were standing oh, yeah. on the SCG turf, yeah. and we began to think to ourselves, you know, this is pretty damn cool to be yeah. standing on the you know on the surface of uh, of the SCG, like you know, like, you know, it's been you know. You know, many, many great sportsmen, greater sportsmen than us, <laughs> have been doing this since, you know, the late, you know, the, the late, like, eight, like ni- late 19th century, the, 18, the 1880s, I think, or the yeah, 1870s sure. when they put the SCG together. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it, uh, it really yeah cool. I fully commend, like, you know, that, uh, that they let kind of, um, I think this is one of those things that, um, that they, you know, the, the, the leagues were kind of kind of chastised into doing yeah. Yeah, into uh, a few years ago that yeah to let to reconnect with the fans let, let them back yeah. out to the playing surface right? because um not much can happen like it's just a it's a field of grass like what's going to happen mm. all the all the um the uh, corner posts are taken out there's no equipment or anything on the field and I, I just just before we move on to to what your most rugby league thing that you did was um I've noticed I've been to a, you know four or five games already this year. And all the clubs are trying their hardest yeah. in the fan engagement yeah. sort of sphere, like, like Roosters with their three dollar hot dogs and ten dollar combos. <laughs> they're they're, they're going to engage their fans in heart failure. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, as long as it gets them through the game. Um, I, uh, um, I noticed the Sea Eagles at their game last week. They they had all sorts ice of ice jackets. <laughs> yeah, the forty degree heat. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, it's um. Good to see that the clubs are at least trying. Hey, yeah. there was a perception a couple of years ago that they were charging for tickets. People came in, watched the footy, and and were going home and weren't really leaving with an experience. Certainly, was one of my hobby horses. I thought yeah, the the game presentation uh, kind of aspect of, of the NRL could yeah could uh, that could uh, um, could use. Some uh, some upgrading. Like you, you didn't really have an event feel, I find, of, around the games nah. that, that I'd been to. But uh, nah. um, yeah, so it's it's good to hear that, uh, that the clubs. I think the clubs are going to you know, realize that um, yeah, it's just not enough to just roll out the balls and you know kind of stage the game anymore. No, you've got to give you've got to give people a reason to go. You got to give people value in, in, yeah. in the money they spend. So yeah. you know this is um, and and that's an entire orientation to me. It's a mindset, and I find that uh, oftentimes that. Um, not that I kind of um, would would hope for um, our, our sports teams in Australia, clubs to be kind of privately owned. But I think one of the downsides of being club-based games at times sometimes is that we, we generally don't have kind of a real commercial drive on the aspect uh, so from some of our um, of our footy teams. Mm. They tend to just kind of let things kind of bubble along, yeah. and uh, because they don't have an owner kind of you know at the top saying now we're going to make this amount of money so, and, and, this, and and driving kind of the whole organization to kind of yeah, yeah. maximize you know the bottom line through the fans so it's changing i mean but you know that has downsides as well you know can tend to soak the fans for whatever you can but um, yeah losing of the soul and all that sort yeah, of thing of yeah, the club, yeah. yeah but um yeah, yeah. so anyway that's what i did I, I just enjoyed that that image of thousands of kids running onto the field and yeah more of that the better yeah what about yourself well, I um, well, like many other kind of uh, kind of uh, fans engaged in, in tipping comps kind of across fans. our yeah yeah, yeah uh, across this. Well, <laughs> I would say a lot of people engaged in tipping comps and office tipping comps are only kind of fans, but and they're the ones who win it. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, in across the uh, across the eastern seaboard and the nation, perhaps mm-hmm. uh, that uh, yeah, mystified yeah to the how this season has unfolded so far. Um, I come off a, and I, I promise not to talk about my tipping too much, yeah. You know, in, in the course of these podcasts, but um, I, I came away with a two this round. Yeah. I don't think I'm exceptional. No, no, I think a lot right. of people probably were around, like the, you know, the you know, just two or three. If you tip the West Tigers to beat Melbourne, Melbourne. Danny Melbourne, yeah. then you're a legend. Yeah. Like fair income. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nobody would have tipped that. Yeah, so I, um, yeah, I, uh, I got a two, and it kind of brought to mind. In, in how how mystified I was, uh, a couple of years ago, I actually tipped a zero. I remember that. Yeah, I tipped a zero, and I have been agitating since for some recognition of getting a zero because it was brought up to me when I when I mentioned it to someone. He says you basically did the reverse perfect round. You know, you get two extra points for picking an you know for getting for getting eight. I reckon you should get something for picking zero. Should you? Because you've got them all wrong. You've got them all wrong. But it is such a great accomplishment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I don't know what you I do. I know what you mean. It's sort of like, um, yeah, it's, it's... It is harder to pick zero than it is to get, like, you know, a two. Yeah. And that's and that's how, you know, and, and it speaks to how even and unpredictable this competition can be. That you know that you know. That, so I I don't so, know. Yeah, but you're right though. Like, yeah, you, you could you, normally you can get one without even trying. Can you? Mm. If you shut your eyes and, mm. and oh dartboard. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, you would get one or two, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. So I nah, but it's only happened once though, isn't it? Mm. Zero. You haven't got another one. Since well, maybe been. that's my thing. Maybe if I if I'm out of the running of the competition <laughs> by about origin period, yeah. I'm going to start trying to you know start trying to aim for zeros and see how successful I am. Oh, just no. as a bit of a counterintuitive, you know. You should write a book about how you got zero one week. Not going to be that interesting, believe <laughs> me. But two two's not bad for last week. That no, is, that's bad. I, don't, I reckon that's I bad. I would, I would have checked it. I would have gotten better, except you talked me out of uh, oh, yeah, out of yeah. the dragons beating the uh, beating the, the the sharks. I did, didn't I? You did, and so that's my punishment for actually listening to you. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I swapped my tip uh, after. Oh, that. here we go. The old <laughs> the old James Smith reverse. Yeah. <laughs> Talk somebody out of it and then change yeah. your tip. You know, <laughs> in, in, in the aftermath. It's all about uh, keeping you in your place. Mm. Um, all right, so that's, that's our retrospective section. Uh, the thing we're most looking forward to this weekend. Do you want me to go first, or um, yeah? Because I think your yeah yeah yours okay. might, might will make more sense once you once you've done yours. Oh, beautiful. Okay, so what I'm really looking forward to is the double header at uh, ANZ Stadium on Saturday night. It's uh, it's more double headers the better as far as I'm concerned that, that one in Perth was brilliant mm. um, so this one will have four Sydney teams involved um, up first at 5.30 you've got Souths versus Manly and then 7.35 you've got the Eels and Cronulla um, just a bit of a, a bit of a talking point from the Perth one those, those games were really back to back like they were only played like 10 minutes apart really? and I thought it was good in a way that, that kept the action going, but you know how you have to... Not that watching sport is a mental strain, but you know how you, you, you wouldn't mind that break in between events so that mm. you can go and have a beer and have a... That's what, that's what you were trying to land on, wasn't it? Yeah. You weren't given enough time to go get a beer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could only fit three or four in, and that's, that's not right. fair. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's what, it was, that's what it was coming down to. I said, is he going to mention this or am I actually going to bring this? But yeah, fact, I've contacted the UN about this is a human rights issue. Yeah. You, you remember that you and I, you took me to my first league game in, a, in quite a long time. This is quite a few years ago. Is, um, this yeah. was the... Uh, it was the semi-final between North Queensland and Manly. This is the first time that the Cowboys were robbed, wasn't it? No, I think it was the... They, they had been robbed the year before. Right. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the second consecutive year that they were robbed. This is the foreign knock-on that yeah, yeah that um, that yeah. that was even obvious to the us. And, foreign, and, I, yeah. and I don't know how it was ob- not obvious to the VDRF. Yeah, yeah. But anyhow, I, the one so yeah, it was kind of uh, yeah, kind of almost like a, a, a reintroduction to, to league for me. I'd been to league matches before, but so, um, so when what, what year was it? It was twenty twelve or something. It must have been it? like that. It's yeah. been that long ago. And you've never come to the football with me since. Uh, that's because I, you know, for for other reasons, which you can probably talk about down the line, and you know, involve the prof. But you know, like, and, and I don't want to drop her in it. But you know, anyhow, I want to stick to the point that I wanted to make for this, and that, which is, I was shocked at how fast a rugby league game moves in real time, and not not in the sense of how the players move, but from the moment they kick off, from the moment they run on the field to the moment they kick off to the moment they go in for halftime, come back out, and then the game's over. Yeah, like the game, like you know, it, it's. They really put a premium, I feel, in terms of the NRL kind of game operation, and on getting it over and done with very, very quickly. Yeah. I was stunned, and this, this, I guess, probably comes from me being something of a big basketball fan, where yeah, yeah. the last five minutes takes you know five hours. True. Uh, yeah, the whole kind of thing about you know a league match being over and wrapped yeah. by in about ninety minutes from the time you know the, you know they kick it off. Not even from the time they ran out in the field. It's yeah, it was stunning to me. Yeah. I, it was you know, it, it, it was a blinding speed. So you know, and so even so, the idea that they would string two back to back is not surprising. But yeah, it uh, also yeah, yeah, it's a bit jarring yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it just surprised me. Um, I was sitting there towards the end of the first half of the first game, and I was thinking, oh, there's only there's only this half to go, and then another game, and, and it's over. <laughs> And, and, and yeah, and as you say, it was ticking over really quickly. So, 
So um, anyway, that, that's what I'm look, most looking forward to, that double header at uh, Ainsley Stadium on Saturday night. Yeah, it's, it, it should be good. I think yeah. anything that can kind of, um, you know, kind of... I've always uh, made the point that I think the nines do well as a concept because yeah. it puts a lot of different fan bases in the same building. And I think that's basically what's going to happen here. I think when I looked at this and I mentioned to you that it would be nice if they got another of the big Sydney clubs that wasn't, you know, with, with respect, Cronulla or Manly. In, mm. you know, it could have kind of put another, like, like if you got Canterbury in there, another big kind of fan base in there. I, yeah. mean, I think they would have, you know, topped out maybe even beyond 40,000 yeah quite easily so but but here's hoping that you know they you know people do turn up for that um yeah, yeah it um it should be about 30,000 I think it and it'll be really good yeah. like you know i mean that's still, um, still summer weather so yeah exactly i think that'll you know, kind of really make ANZ look look quite good yeah. you know we're going to enjoy it for as long as we have it i guess but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so well, that's uh, yeah i mean i guess the thing i'm the kind of piggybacking off that the thing i'm yeah. looking forward to this week is that second game because uh Ooh. the eels intrigue me they, yeah. they suddenly intrigue me you've done me. some numeric well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, the thing that kind of I got obsessed about when we were doing our, uh, our preview for this season um, was that uh, Parramatta had, was, was tied for the third best record and on, yeah, had actually had, was fourth on the ladder last year, tied yeah. for the third best record, yet their points difference was, was ninth best in, in oh, the yeah. comp. And now I'm, I'm, as you know, because for me, endlessly bending your ear about it, I'm kind of obsessed with the uh, this um, this concept called like uh, Pythagorean projection, or get Pythagorean expectation. Yeah, in my head already. I know. Now, now, don't kind of like turn off you it, know the podcast off podcast here. It, it basically, it's yeah, just yeah. a basically fancy way of saying that you know you can. There, there's a fairly stable relationship between. Your points difference over the course of a season, and yep. how many wins and losses that 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 you have. I mean, there is variation, of course, but if you kind of look at it the way like uh, a data scientist looks at it, if you look at kind of the long run of kind of numbers that are produced, yeah, there is kind of a correlation between you know if you're a team that's 50 points better than your opponents over the course of a year, or 100 points better, 200, so on and so forth. You know. Parramatta kind of confused me at the end of last year because they had 16 wins, yep. which placed them, as I said, uh, tied with Brisbane. Uh, in well, tied with Brisbane for third overall. Uh, the points difference made power yeah. fourth. 16 but, wins. Yeah. yeah, but that difference, you know, translate. I mean, they, they were yeah. able to craft that on a points difference that was ninth in the league. Ninth. That was, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't even, yeah, kind of, it, it was less than 40 points. What did they finish I think with? overall. Oh, 40. Yeah, no, the points difference was less than 40 oh, overall. Really? So you're, you're talking about a little, a, you know, less than two points a game. Yeah, wow. So, you know, it's... Um, but what are, what are teams that normally finish fourth, finish up with? Well, you, you'd probably say, just by point of comparison, Brisbane's points difference of the course of the year was 140. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, you know, it's... Um, wow. Yeah, it, 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 I kept on looking at, like, like what is this, does, does this actually mean that, you know, you know, the underlying numbers said Para were an average team that just kind of won at, at rates beyond kind of what their underlying numbers said, or the other way, like some people would argue that, you know, it just means that they're a team that had kind of a capacity for winning close games and maybe got flogged a few times. So that's, the, you know, that kind of, um, you know, had stuck in my head all throughout preseason. And now, kind of after, you know, two weeks of the season, mm-hmm. we've got this, you know, kind of situation where, you know, Parramatta is already like negative sixty, or negative really? sixty-two in difference after you know that uh, after getting <laughs> flogged in the heat at Brookie yeah. uh, on the weekend. So even if um, I'm very guarded at this point of the year, I'm always one of those people who you know, who like to who, who likes to encourage like you know have some patience. Let's give it time. The season's yeah. long. Yeah. Things might turn around. I'm the same. Yeah. yeah, but you know, even if Parramatta were you know like. If you want to think about it on a, on a kind of just a, a thought experiment level, you know, your most rugby league matches, if you think about it, there are 40 points scored in the game. Like the worst, kind of the best attacking team scores about 26. The worst defensive team averages, you know, sorry, the worst attacking team averages about 14. So the gap is really two converted tries. So, you know, like the logic of it being if, um, you know, kind of the Eels were to win, kind of, you know, to, to run off their next 
you know, five consecutive wins by you know an, an average points difference, that only gets them back to zero. Yeah. So I, I, what I'm trying to say, bottom line, is that we're going to have a situation again, probably, where if Para kind of lives up to its potential, and we, we all, I think, had them solidly as a final team uh, by consensus. Like some people were, you know, saying even maybe top four. Some others might have said, you know, kind of been reading the tea leaves with, with the Haynes situation and so forth, and yep. maybe... Yep. Maybe not, not not have them so highly, but again, we're looking at a side that again is probably going to have a very kind of strange difference compared to their to their actual win loss record, like unless they settle back down, you know, to to a level of uh, of, of uh, kind of, of mediocrity that you know mm-hmm. that the Eels fans will not be happy about, which you know is uh, is again interesting. So how they come out uh, in this contest against a side which you can generally rely on to give you a certain level of performance, the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of my point of intrigue mm-hmm. uh, for this week. Fair enough. Yeah, no, the last thing I'll say on Para is that they're really a team. Oh, I, I thought what you said was interesting. Mm. Are they a mediocre team that um, sometimes won some really good games and yeah. that boosted it up in, in everybody's expectations? There's so much desperation about Parramatta, isn't there? Mm. Their fans are just sick of not not being the latest team to to win a grand final after a number of years. Yeah. Been 1986 since they last won one, and there's so much riding on every single game that they play. Mm. I, I, I reckon what you said is spot on. Give them time. I mean, Cronulla's having their own problems yeah. at the moment with the halves. So mm-hmm. a big crowd out there on Saturday night. They, they might get over the line. They've got Mitchell Moses, who's you know um, well and truly settled in now, and they're still at a really big forward pack with a lot of bodies, and yeah. you know they'll be fine. I reckon. Yeah, I just sometimes with with yeah. Brad Arthur's too good a coach for them to be, be put in a bad year with the squad that they've got. You would think. And I mean, one of the things that I think kind of got people so excited about Parramatta at the end of last year was they actually played really well in the finals. Uh, yeah. They kind of uh, played uh, both the Storm and the Cowboys, Cowboys. Yeah. much better than you would argue uh, some of the other sides in the finals uh, in the finals did. They led both at halftime. Oh, so, yeah, you know, you, like they, they look like genuine contenders, but... Yeah, um, but Mitchell, the numbers Mitchell didn't say so. This was the eighth best attack and the eighth best defence last year. So yeah, yeah. you know, it uh, again there was Jeez, certain differences to the team. Like they only had Moses for a portion of the season, only had Gutherson the same. So yep. yeah, you can have a different team like from year to year. So um, again, uh, the first part of the season is always int- intriguing for just figuring out what these teams are like in in, in twenty eight in, in the that's new right. season. And that's what that's what I'm kind of curious about. And as we were saying last week on, on last week's episode, it's just important to just chill out at the start of the year. Mm. Like you know, don't write everything off on the <laughs> on on that latest weekend. It's, mm. Still got twenty three weeks of the comp to go. I'm pretty sure all our uh, the unusual number of West's Tigers fans that we have kind of in our in our listening yeah among our yeah. listeners are kind of are basically kind of metaphorically slapping us right now. No, no, yeah. we're, we're fine. We're perfect. <laughs> Two and zero, oh, good I enough th- to beat Melbourne. Yeah, I think it's a Penrith West Tigers Grand Final. It's, yeah. uh, there you we're go. both on fire. So. There you go. <laughs> um, New Zealand Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll be flying. Um, so through the week, Todd Greenberg, CEO of the NRL, announced that there'll be a restructure to the Immortals there we go. system. So the NRL owns the Immortals, seeing as though it owns Rugby League Week <laughs> and all its archives and all its intellectual property and all that sort of thing. And Owns um, a soul. Yeah, that's right. It, yep. Um, Gave it up for a donut. <laughs> good, so, good, so Todd Greenberg has announced that uh, from this year, Every four years, there'll be a maximum of two players added to the Immortals list, and uh, the do we? I, I didn't. You asked me the other day at work whether league has a Hall of Fame. So they're just going to transfer the hundred greatest players from back in twenty two thousand and eight, hundred greatest players of the century. They're just going to transfer that to a new NRL Hall of Fame, Ooh. and there'll be six players added. Mm. Each year, I think is that is, yeah. did you read that right? An, yeah, an induction class. Yeah, you know, it was really funny, wasn't it? That you yeah. know, I asked, did, "Does the league have the Hall of Fame?" He said, "No." A couple of days later, yeah, all of a sudden it did. We do. Fantastic, yeah. wasn't it? We have all the someone, time. someone is stealing. I'm pretty sure they're bugged our offices and they're taking our ideas. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure, mate. Yeah, for they're sure. not listening to the podcast, but they bug the offices. <laughs> yeah, because all the best stuff happens. There. Oh man. <laughs> Especially with all these cooking magazines we have, and you know all the TV magazines. 
Um, so I, I'll, I'll throw my two cents in. I, I think it's good for, um, for the immortals concept uh, to keep to keep ticking over. Um, I think in the days uh, when Rugby League Week owned it, I think they just sat on it. They, they must have. It's almost as if they forgot about it for a decade or two, and then decided, oh, you know, we we, we should be adding another player here because um, for for years there was only four on there. And then um, all of a sudden there was six and then, and then eight. Um, it's good that we'll have something to be excited about, like you say, after year three, it'll be, oh, which two Immortals are going to be added to it next year? And then there'll be all this conjecture. And I love every time the Immortals concept comes up because nobody has the same opinion on it. It's this really um, conversation-generating type issue, isn't it? And it's like... Everybody has a different view on every player in different eras, and and uh, I, I love the, I love the conversation that it causes. So I think it's a good move, the, re- the restructure. Yeah. You're not worried about dilution, um, well, as in too many players. Yeah, of the con- of the uh, of the concept. Okay, so let's go over it. Every four years, there'll be a maximum of two added. Well, so that means technically, at the end of four year, at the end of four years, you'll have well, one at either end, so you'll have four. I. I um, so after because you're going to get, get two this year, and yeah. another four years, you're going to get another two. So you'll have four at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 20 years' time, there'll be, what, um, eight added? Oh, right? More than that. 20... Uh, more like 12, wouldn't it? Because you'd have two now. You'd have another yeah. two in 2020. Yep. Another two in 2022, so that's six already. Six. And then 2024, you have another two. So, you know... <sighs> Only eight years away, you'll have another. You'll have another eight. So you'll basically have as many immortals added as you've got now. I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that because the game has such a <clears throat> a long history, mm. and you can just sit here now and name the players that should be on there. Oh, um, and, and can, before you can, yeah, yep. yeah, can I I'll add this question? <laughs> yeah. When they come to picking them, yeah. do you feel it's just going to be a thing where they're going to just sketch in? Like you know, uh, uh, recent players. There's going to be a, you know, a fair re- fairly recency bias, a fair lot of recency bias yeah. to this. And when you think that the last one, well, was Johns the last one they added, or was he just the most recent player, you know, kind of the most contemporary, uh, kind of the guy who's mo- played most recently? If um, I can remember the process, did they make him one, and then it was Beatson, or was it? Uh, I, I can't remember the timeline. No, nah, J- Johns became. The eighth immortal. He was the eighth. I okay. I, I, if, if I'm wrong, you can smash me on Twitter. That, that's fine. Mm. But but I, I think that's how it worked because mm. I was looking at some stories from a few years ago, and there was all this conjecture about Andrew Johns. He's yeah. a bad boy. Blah blah. When I when I saw this, the first thing that occurred to me, apart from all the all, all the kind of the, the silly thoughts that I usually have coming things like this, yeah. was that um, what they really should do is have. A con- is pick a contem- if they're going to do it this way and they are going to do it this way yeah, so not going to listen to me yeah. pick a contemporary player and then pick someone oh, okay. someone from a, from a previous era because I get the sense that what we're going to end up with now is yeah just a whole bunch of, of modern players it's a sort yeah. of thing that happens when you yeah. ask Parramatta fans to these 20 years from now as you suggest <laughs> we're going to end up with like you know, eight guys who have played, who are, who are basically playing right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you're trying to say, you know, that that thing where, oh, that, you know, Queensland Origin has a team full of immortals running around. Well, yeah, because they're going to make them all immortals. Which they probably should, shouldn't they? I don't know. Like, Billy Slater? I, 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 Smith, they're both immortal. Thurston, he's an immortal. I reckon they're all immortals. It's just bad timing, isn't it? I... I I don't know. I struggle with this. Like I, I don't know. Maybe people connect to the immortal concept kind of differently in, in different ways to think about. You know, it's always you know a guy from a guy from a previous time who you never saw is kind yeah. of bigger probably in your imagination than the guy who, who, who you know who you're actually kind of seeing running around yeah, right now. Yeah. But you know, I, I I'd have to think that you know Clive Churchill probably played against some decent players too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you know, it's yeah. uh, I, I struggle with yeah like that. Um, if we, I reckon by the by, by kind of ten years, twenty years, yeah, down the line, we're going to have kind of a, a class of immortals in which a whole you know it's going to be weird. One of them will have played in the fifties. One of them will have played in the sixties. One will have played in the seventies. Ah, uh, yeah. Two will have played in the eighties, and then maybe a couple in the nineties. And then we're going to have like five who have played, you know, in 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 this period of like you know the two you know, the twenty. Um, 
2010s. Yeah. Because I, I just think this is where kind of yeah this is going. But um, I, I think I get your point. You came up. We came up with a name on uh, on on Twitter the other day. Vic yeah, Hay. Vic that Hay. really interested me. Right. I, I, so, I looked into that. If you want to. No. Yeah. Um. And and so uh, Ian Collis and um and Alan Whitaker wrote this book um in 2010, and it was basically a list. It's a a book of lists. Ten best fullbacks. Ten best. Blah blah blah, and they um, they had uh, these lists of um, top hundred players. I think that uh, various media outlets had put together since nineteen ninety one. So so they had someone someone did one in nineteen ninety one. I think Rugby League Week produced one in ninety five or something, and, and the Daily Telegraph did their own thing in two thousand eight. So that, so the whole point was to give a big cross section of how everybody's opinions are basically the same. And this Vic Hay. Um, who played for um, Parramatta and oh jeez, I haven't got the haven't got the thing in front of me, but he played in England extensively. He was a coach when Australia broke the um, mm. the Ashes drought um, of thirty years mm-hmm. back in back back in the day. So he across all these three lists covering nineteen twenty years, each one of these lists contained Vic Hay yeah. as number nine. Mm-hmm. So that puts him just outside mm. the Immortals um, reckoning. And what I've, and I probably shouldn't even be saying this because it, it devalues Norm Proven's um, prospects, but Norm Proven's case fascinates me because because we're all too young to have seen Norm play. Mm. I, I get the whole captaining of the Dragons, um, 10, 11 uh, premierships in a row, but what I want to really know is what sort of player Norm Proven is. <laughs> like, what, what sort of player? I don't, I don't, it was your second, he it was a second rower, but. No one's actually said. The, the only thing I've read is in one of Ian Collis's books where he says he was a crafty, mindful, really smart back rower, and so I've got that. Which in my is head, to mean he was violent. <laughs> maybe oh, I don't know. <laughs> he's a, he's a saint, and like he's an ornament. Only in name. Only in name. Uh, <laughs> <a> name. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a. Um, he is a technical ornament because he is, you he know, is. he is on the trophy. And then that makes him an ornament. And then I'm going to say another bastard thing here, and the argument currently is. If he's on the trophy, why isn't he an immortal? <laughs> and, and my argument would be, he's on the trophy. Mm. He's just, he's probably higher than an immortal. No, oh, here we go. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll stop there because I'll, I'll be made to sound like a bastard. But um, my, my whole point was, Vic Hay has, dis- has disappeared from the discussion when, for mm. a number of decades, he was listed just outside that, that, that top group and what you, and, and in a way I was trying to get around to what you were saying um, in a few decades time the thinking will be changed that much that none of these blokes will ever will be, will be in any sort of discussions will they because mm. we, we would have already cleaned up the back end of league history we've already taken care of the 1910s 20s and 30s so mm. we're not going to go back and keep mining that era and pulling out more blokes, are we? Because we've already done that. So I think part of the problem is that <laughs> is the way we process football history in general. I think because the the focus on footy is obsessively week to week. I think even as something as recent as like ten years ago, yeah. tends to have like kind of like kind of disappeared from the estimation. Yeah. And part of the problem too is because the game has has advanced kind of technically and athletically, uh, you know, as time has gone on. You know, it, to the point really where every new generation of footballer is much better than the generation that came before it. Oh, you know, so I, I think yeah, there's, there's always you know th- those comparisons become you know become very very difficult. Um, you know, the one thing I, kind of I will say, you know, kind of because I love the novelty of, of these types of, um, of these types of categorizations, shall we say, uh, was that um, you know it, it always kind of. Yeah, it kind of, kind of bothered me that you know, like you know, you're an immortal, but then you're dead. Um, so, uh, <laughs> which is, which yeah, is like my, which is my way of saying it, it, it inspires kind of the whole thought of the never-ending story to me. That you know, like the never-ending story is like false advertising, of course, because you know, naturally, naturally, it So you know, my my thought was, well, here's the thing with the immortals. Why don't we boot out the guys who have died? <laughs> Far out. That's even worse than me. So you know, my my, my notion will be my my notion will be, we've got a hall of fame now, and yep. we create a new wing of the hall of fame that you know, kind of once you, you you shuffle off the coil, you know you, that's you know you can kind of pass into this new wing, 
And you know, I, 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 I was just trying to stir shit when I was, I was doing this. Strong language in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, you your discretion advised. You get us kicked off our chairs. And you know, the more I thought about it, the more I began to like this idea. Because you know, if you think about... About <laughs> dead people being removed from the immortal list. Because the, the oh thing that kind of got in my head was that, what really is the functional purpose of the immortal list? Well, you know, to me, what makes it good is... For the class of younger fan who has never seen yeah. these guys play, you know, while they're still alive, you can basically kind of point to that guy and say, hey, look, that guy's an immortal. Yeah. And, and it gives him a real label, doesn't and, it? And exa- exactly. Yeah. And they get to enjoy it while kind of they're, yeah. they're, they're still alive. I'm so, you know. Raper. He's, he's an immortal. Exactly. You, you know, as a, if you're a young kid who's never seen him play, you probably can't relate at all to, you know, how great he was or no. even what rugby league was like. Yeah. when he played like it's, it was a totally different game when he played you know there was no yeah. kind of you know, tackle limits you just smashed them till they dropped the ball like <laughs> you, you can't you can't even conceive of what the game was like no, no, it has no rela- it has very very you know the relationship to to, to the game today is, is kind of tenuous yeah so that kind of got in my head yeah we uh that if we're going to keep on adding kind of immortals well then, sure. Like, why don't we make it something that kind of happens as to, to burnish the legacy of guys uh, in post career? Because my original thought was, when you when you begin to honor people like this, and I understand there's a five year kind of period that yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll they're, and that's pretty standard because you don't want this thing where yeah. a guy quits, you put him in the Hall of Fame, then he makes a comeback a year later. Although Bob Fulton was put in a year after he retired. Yeah, and one, one of the other things uh, that could be kind of a, a nice little fill-up to, to really, really great players is you know, the, the ice hockey. National Hockey oh, yeah, League does this. Do. If you are really great, and I mean you have to be immortal level great to do this, they waive the waiting period. Like when Wayne Gretzky and, and Mario Lemieux, if, you know, here I am talking about something other than rugby league and the rugby league podcast there's again. no butterflies dying anymore yeah once they the, the year that they quit they yeah. immediately kind of fast track them into the hall of fame so that's that's a privilege they would give to, to a certain level of, of you know all time real all time great so okay to, so Smith and Thurston are they so yeah, yeah Smith and Thurston and Slater and guys like that would, would basically get the waiting period oh, yeah, waived yeah. for them I mean and yeah. that might be the thing that you do you make a guy an immortal and then waive the waiting period but you know, the but the the other dilemma, of course, and this was thrown into kind of relief by you know kind of the the the, the rather sad kind of ending to you know to Graham Langland's life yep. was that something happens to them kind of um, in their in their post career that can you know bring an unsavory element to you know to you know, the, the, the their kind of reputation that affects kind of the reputation that they built up yeah. over their careers and their footballing lives so, and, and you know. That, that's that's a consideration here. I'm, so, are you really worried about Langlands being an immortal? I'm not. I'm not. He lived a whole life up until that. I don't know. I'm not going to go. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, I, I listen, listen. I, I don't. I, I don't want to kind of open that up as no, well. No, but no. yeah, I guess the one that the debate that you you know, kind of you always. What if you kind of had an OJ Simpson type of situation? <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, and that you know, that's a real thing. If you look Car at chase down the Prince's Highway. <laughs> <laughs> He's approaching Cogrove. Yeah, I so think, you I know, it's yeah. um, I, I, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing I had in mind was that you know, do we cap the number of immortals? Hmm? As in, like you know, some get kicked out. Well, you know, like although just you can kill use, them off anyway. So. Well, exactly. So we have a number, like my, and the number I, my mind reached for because you know it's yeah. a game is thirteen. Yeah, Why yeah. don't we have like a circle of thirteen immortals? Oh yes, and you know, a circle of thirteen. And when 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 a new when someone is deemed to kind of pass to the level of immortal, and you've got past thirteen, it means you got to punt the next <laughs> the next one. Brilliant. That's great. That's good. We'll go and bang on Todd Greenberg's door tomorrow with that one. Oh dear! Can I just clear up? I'm I'm not discrediting Norm Proven at all. It's just a thought he's coming for you, Norm. <laughs> I think he's a legend. Like you know, he captained. Did he captain ten premierships in a row? Yeah. I can't recall because there is. I think I always get confused with the captain coach. Yes, yeah, so, oh, yeah, it's a dimension, yeah, yeah. a dimension. Yeah, of that. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to question him at all anymore because uh, it's going to make me sound bad. One last point on that. You, yep. you, as you, as you say that, um, it's 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 curious that you say that that Proven basically being on the trophy has gotten to a level beyond or we beyond immortal. Green final and, and I think in some respects, yeah, that. Um, 
there probably is a status kind of almost oh, beyond, beyond just, just yeah. more mere immortality. So that kind of brings up in my mind the idea of other kind of categories and, and uh, other type things. Uh, very clever, and that's, right? Very yes, clever. this is the way I segue into our Twitter question of the week. You know, that, um, you know, and just like I was suggesting that we have categories beyond immortality. Yep. But do we need, in this newly constructed beautiful Hall of Fame that we're going to have, do we need different wings to recognize... You know, the other types of players who made lasting, indelible contributions to the culture and history of our sport yeah, and what they, would, what they might be. So, <laughs> that is what we call in the business, a throw. That was pretty good. Yeah, so, and we good. got some really, really good responses, I, I think, to this. So, yeah, James, what do we, what do we, so, uh, what do we got? So, at um, approximately 10 past 10, when I was watching Q&A, I got really bored and questioned my will to live. <laughs> And then on the right, James, James's act of, you know, of media flagella, self-flagellation each week is to watch Q&A oh, and come back in the next morning and say he hates it. It's just He should really be watching 100% footy. But yeah, you know. I should do. Yeah, I should. And, which, yeah, and See, that, that's my suggestion for 100% footy. They should, they, should for, they should take on a format like Q&A. Q&A, yeah, sport. That's, that's <laughs> then all of our Twitter responders will basically assemble in the audience <laughs> and then, you know, start asking kind of prickly questions of, of Phil Gould. <laughs> okay. Poor Gus. So this week we asked uh, what category of immortal needs to be recognised. So it might be coaching immortals like, um, you know, those dragons legends. Maybe we could have a ref or tough guy immortals. Uh, and who would you nominate for your new category? And uh, we got the all-star lineup of, um, of responses this week. This is the heavy hitters of NRL Twitter. So, so quickly, do you have one? Did you have a category that you want to recognise? Yeah, yeah. So I started off with... Um, immortal speedsters. All right. So, and my two nominations were Robbie Beckett, um, old Penrith player from oh, the early early two thousands. You know when Penrith was in the doldrums, and um, and Shane Werrett, part former um, Rooster speedster. And as soon as I posted that out, I was reminded by several people of Lee Odenrein, <laughs> old Parramatta player. <laughs> yeah, he. he uh, Went away as fast as he arrived. I think Lee Odin Ryan. I wonder what he's doing now. Um, so G uh, responded with the Whippet, uh, Brett Howland as well. So some fast names there. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was my uh, that was my nomination. What, what would you have? I wanted something along the lines of the cult cult heroes. Okay. You know something that could you know a category that it can encompass. You know a, a, a Benny Elias, a Willie Mason. Oh, yes. You know um, yeah. what are the other names? A Sam Back. Or just that that <laughs> type of. Um, cool. That type of character who might not, and, and some of them might strictly make the Hall of Fame on, on their playing ability alone. I su- maybe suggest some of those three guys. Those three yeah. guys would make the playing uh, the ability. Uh, sorry, make the Hall of Fame on their on their playing ability. But I think the game is so full of you know, of, of, of wonderful characters who have made the game what it is. Yeah, yeah, Because I'm I'm one of those people who fall on the side of the Hall should be exclusive. To make it should really be an honor. And I almost am against the idea that you should take in six a year because it presumes that six a year are worthy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'm not yeah, sure true. that's the case, particularly after they've got this base of 100 in there, yep. which I think is a really good way to start. I mean, start that, that, yeah. was a, that was a really smart idea to take the 100 mm. kind of in there. But um, we'll see how that kind of plays out over time. I can remember having this discussion with, fair warning, butterflies dying, about the AFL Hall of Fame when yeah, I asked... That was, I asked, that was 43 minutes. 43 minutes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah that um, when I went there, I, 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 was, I was talking to my guide uh, who was taking me, taking me around. I was saying, do you think every club basically has a Hall of Famer running around right yeah. now? Yeah. Which, you know, is... You know, yeah. It basically, is the kind of the presumption that you'd make on like that you know oh yes yeah every club has a hall of fame level yeah. player running around that doesn't seem right to me okay but, you know. right. anyhow yeah go uh, keep fair, going. fair enough um, so as I said we've got the uh, the all star lineup as far as responses former legend um, former legends back yeah full credit to the boys fame hmm. um, he uh, he suggested we have an immortal trainer and he nominates the cougar uh, Ronnie Palmer oh your uh, mate. Yeah, he's, he's back at West Tigers where it there all started. Yeah. Um, I just want to give um, former legends full credit to the boys podcast a massive, yes, m- massive uh, uh, mention. Um, him and Sid Pumps, they're funny bastards. I L- love their podcast. It's <laughs> well, it's my favourite podcast. In fact, I recommend you stop listening. Listen to, to this one. <laughs> just, just stop and take up their. The, <laughs> 
they get it. They're, they're very colourful at the start. They uh, um, there's a lot of weird sort of anecdotes about what's what's happened. The latest news about various things. Um, but geez, they're funny, and they know their footy as well. They have great footy discussions, and uh, and they got their grab a mirror section, which is basically a section where you nominate people who should take a really good hard look at themselves. So it's terrific. Um, so thanks, former. Brilliant stuff. Um, uh, Liesl Centenera. Oh, I know her. Yeah, you do. You've had a bit to do with her, haven't you? Um, she thinks we should have an immortal penalty puller. And that's all she said. And I, and I made her nominate somebody. And she said, Tony Hearn, of course. There we go. Whoa. There we good go. stuff. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Russo. Um, he's this awesome uh, Balmain supporter out there. Uh, Journo. I think he's in England at the moment. A massive rugby league fan. Uh, he thinks we should have immortal jersey sponsorships. Um, no, I love that one. Yeah, that's, he, probably best with, that's going to be hard to beat for my favourite. <laughs> isn't it? He nominates Phillips, Penfolds, Smiths, Crisps and City Ford. Look at Dada uniforms. Uh, grouse. <laughs> grouse. Heidi. Heidi. Surely you've got to have Heidi yeah, in there. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> like, I like, you know, and this is going to awesome. reveal a bit of bias here, but I do like kind of uh, Stegels. Oh yeah, Stegels and the and the roosters. There you go. Yeah, that's a, one of the of, of the ones, ones that you've got right now. Because yeah, these days they, they tend to be a bit disposable, right? What about Pertec Parramatta eels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it what was on Cronulla's Aussie Duct two thousand? Oh, HFC Finance for Canterbury. That's another classic. Geez, these are really sticky with you, aren't they? They, they are. Yeah, they're, they're I admire them. Oh, um, Video Easy. Back video in the day with, yeah, with the with the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Victor with the magpies. And yeah, we've got something <laughs> coming on. we got something coming on that. Jeez, uh, we could do a, almost a, a full one. Uh, okay, this is this whole Dave Smith thing that uh, gets confusing every week. There's three of you wandering around, but uh, um, we'll get to the, the other real one. Yeah, we'll call this real Dave Smith as opposed to fake Dave Smith. Yeah, this is a real Dave Smith. Um, he reckons we should have an immortal, slow, play the ball player, <laughs> Gary Jack. Come on, Dave. He loves Gary Jack. He says it in love. <laughs> Gary Jack. That's great. Great suggestion, Dave. Uh, Nordberg. Uh, immortal uh, players that should never be let b- allowed back into the game. No prizes for guessing who the first inductee would be. God, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> a bit harsh on Ben Barber. <laughs> a bit harsh on Todd Carney. We know what you're talking about. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, Bargy, um, immortal fans. Yeah, that, that's that'll be. I suggest that will be a real one, actually, yeah, surely. Yeah, and his suggestion would probably oh. be, yeah, right there. Laurie Nichols for the Tigers in the New South Wales Rugby League. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got another one. Happy Jack for Valleys in the BRL. Uh, never met Laurie. Um, never met Laurie, but Happy was a really nice bloke and a Valleys man through and through. Absolute legend. Terrific. Thanks, Bargy. It's, uh, it's good when people identify the real cult heroes of, of, of the suburban footies, isn't it? Like, just names it. Yeah, but, you know, that wing of the Hall of Fame will end up with people like Russell Crowe, won't it? <laughs> yeah, it will. It will. <laughs> uh, here we go. Booze Hound. The notorious Booze Hound. Uh, immortal Mascots. Um, Captain Charger would be my only nomination. <laughs> Hashtag crisis. We love you, Booze. Oh, that's a good one. Um, booze will never hear this because he doesn't listen to podcasts. I asked him, I said, I said you know, one day I DM'd him. We gave you a mention on, on the podcast, mate. Yeah, don't like care, a, don't listen to him. What's a podcast? <laughs> yeah. uh, Justin Barry, immoral. Uh, immoral. Immoral. <laughs> immoral suffering fans. Immortal suffering fans. This is it. I figured it out. We need the immortals and we need the immorals. Oh. <laughs> jeez, that's a good idea. <laughs> that would cover. That would cover so much. You know, I mean, jeez, that is such a good idea. Uh, fake Dave Smith, immortal CEO. Oh, good probably nominate himself. Good on you, Dave. First, second, and third. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Uh, Karate Warrior Two, our favourite. Yes, indeed. Uh, the immortal Grub. Here we go. This is there. We go. Them. The immortal Grub becomes the immortal. Oh, immortal Grub. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the competition is hot for this category. It says Karate. Um, we could have. The immortal next sunny Bill Williams. That's a good one. It's always one of those as well, isn't he? Most indi- the immortal, indeed. The immortal unrealised potential. Players with talent who should have done so much more in the game. For example, Dane Laurie. Brilliant. There'd be a few hundred of those players. Um, uh, Mo nominates the ref immortal. So Cameron Smith can have two chances at getting in. Good on you. Or, good one, yeah. Uh, AJ Mithen. Who is the first ref to get in? 
First ref. Is there a ref already? Yeah, surely there, there will oh. be a ref to get in. Yeah, there should be, shouldn't he? Harrigan. Yeah, he more. Um, Mick Stone was a. Mick Stone, <laughs> Mick Stone Kevin Roberts. Gormus will get Yeah, yeah, yes. Barry Gormusel. Surely. Um, who are the others? Oh, um, Greg Hartley. Ah, Hartley, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a good, good suggestion. Um, AJ Mithen, uh, who puts out a, a good podcast as well called The Sporting Discussion. Um, Ooh, I like this one. Yeah, uh, we should have immortal alternative, alternative jersey <laughs> marketing teams. I think in 2016, <laughs> the Raiders wore eight different jerseys. But the Warriors started it, so I nominate them. Perfect. Fantastic. Yeah, and look, finally, Stuart McLennan. Got his name right this week. Disco. Uh, the immortal radio commentators, Frank Hyde or Tiger Black. Brilliant. How good was that? Yeah. Great suggestion. Very good. Very yeah, good. Excellent. Um, I think yeah, we've cracked the nut with this immorals thing. <laughs> yeah. But see, that's the thing. I think. Immorals. I think that's too easy, isn't I it? I think the league. I think the league can't run from this. I think they should try to embrace kind of yeah yeah kind of you know the, not only the, the glory and the grime of the game in the in the one embrace. Mate, you've thought about this too. Too well. Oh, you know, I've been listening to debates, well, these kinds of debates, all these, all these years, and I think one of the things that you struggle with when it comes to, I think, too many games try to sanitize their history, yeah, and yeah. you know, in, in the end, that's what all the fans are really about. It's true. I mean, I, I know the to a degree, it's about, you know, we're, you know, again, like what we just mentioned before, we're going to come to that impasse where people say, oh, do you kind of want to honor someone who's a bit more, you know, kind of, you know, kind of a bit morally dubious? But um, yeah. You know, I mean that. Uh, I think it, it, my rule of thumb for for all of these is: can you tell the history of the game without mentioning this guy's name in, in the course of it? And that's usually my my rule of thumb for for whether a guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame or not. True, yeah, very well said, very well said. Oh, that's great. Um, and don't forget our current edition uh, of Inside Sport. It's our April 2018 edition. Yes, with um, an AFL player on the cover and a lot of AFL insight. Yeah, a, apologies. Yeah, normal all. service will resume next month. It's only fair, isn't it? We had an NRL preview edition. Now it's the AFL's turn this month. No, nah, yeah. but you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm <laughs> just, I'm just channeling what you know, kind of what the what the, what the readership are the readership are probably thinking. Ready for the mob outside? Mm. Yeah, got any more? Anything more to add, mate? Uh, no, thoughts? that's that's uh, that's all good for this week. And uh, yep. yeah, thanks again for uh, yeah those yeah. those great responses. We'll see. Uh, yeah, if um, yeah. Yeah, those immortals really do never die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks very much. Yeah.